having a humble enough mindset to say, you know what, I want to learn and I want to do better. And that's something sadly that lacks so much more in salespeople than business owners. But at the same time, so many business owners get caught up in a small world they're in and don't realize there's so much more they can achieve if they just put their egos aside for a second and say, okay, I'm prepared to learn here and do better. Plug into the minds of the world's cutting edge innovators, visionaries, and thought leaders who are rewriting the rules of sales and success. It's your time to make an impact. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love podcast. Hi there, listeners of the Selling with Love podcast. This is your host, Jason Mark Campbell. I'm running a little competition as we're trying to get more people to discover this podcast and the work that inspires those to sell with love more. And the best way to do this is to leave reviews, both on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. And for those of you who leave a review when listening to this episode, I would ask you to take a screenshot of your review and send it to me at jason at jasonmarkcampbell.com. And in doing so, I'm going to give you a set of meditations that you can use to get into the state of selling with love, whether it's connecting with your buyer, affirmations before making calls, or any kind of outreach. These will empower you to be feeling powerful and to be able to do it from a place of love. It is a reward for supporting the show, being a loyal listener, and of course, being able to give more to my amazing audience. Thank you for always showing up, listening, and being inspired by the amazing guests that I get to interview and I get to share their message with you. So again, just leave a review. Take a screenshot of the review. This can be done on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts and email it directly to me, jason at jasonmarkcampbell.com. Thank you, and now let's get started with our episode. Hi, everybody. This is Jason Mark Campbell. Welcome back to the Selling with Love podcast. Now, today we're going to speak about a particular place where you can do so many amazing things to be able to connect with the right people, to engage in relevant conversations, attract new people to be aware of your existence, your product and services, and your brand. And we're talking here specifically about LinkedIn. And what I have with me today is an expert trainer who speaks on various aspects of sales. But today we're going to actually focus on how do we apply all the sales knowledge, all the ways of using a platform called LinkedIn to maximize the results that we have. Niraj Kapoor is with me. He's the managing director at Everybody Works in Sales. He's written several books, including Everybody Works in Sales and The Easy Guide to Sales for Business Owners. The man has done some presentations at companies such as Barclays, Google's, Sainsbury's, NatWest, Imperial College of London, and more. He has been named one of the game changers among sales books, has been a top 10 LinkedIn voice in sales, followed by LinkedIn. The man is a legend and he's here to share so much wisdom with us, particularly about this platform that I personally advocate as well, especially for those who are getting started. We're going to get deeper into it. Niraj, thank you so much for being here. Jason, it's an absolute pleasure. For those listening in, it is 8 a.m. in Ireland, and this is a perfect way to start your day. Your voice should be my ringtone, and that should be my introduction to wake me up in the morning because I love it. It's brilliant. (laughs) Wake up, wake up, Niraj. People want to hear your message. And honestly, this is it, right? This is like you do a lot of things in sales. You've been working several years in sales, and I kind of wanted to start here. I talk about selling with love, but I'd love to know what made you fall in love with sales. I got into sales the way most people got into sales. I couldn't find a proper job. And I was living in London. I worked in London for 25 years. I was living in London at the time as well. And I had bills to pay. 
And now having a degree isn't that important. But back in the 1990s, the only work I could find was working in a building site or working in sales. And because I'm a complete wimp when it comes to the cold, <laughs> okay, an office should be nice and warm. I work in sales. It was a lazy option. Again, I was in my early 20s. That's what you do. You choose the easy option. So I chose to work in sales and I didn't enjoy it at the beginning because back in those days, there was no internet. There was no such thing as social selling or networking or LinkedIn. You literally had an A5 postcard with somebody's name on it, which was handwritten with some notes. And that was how you call people. It was a terrible way to do business, but that's how business was done in those days. And so I did sales for a long time. And after a few years, I just did well in sales, not because I was particularly good, but I had two skills most people didn't have. I was incredibly hardworking. So I didn't just work nine to five like most people. And I cared about my customers. That was it. Those were the only two skills I had, but that was enough to keep me above average. Not brilliant, but well above average. Isn't that fascinating? Like just talking about caring, being such a unique skill, not only in sales, but in most enterprise. If anybody here listening is a business owner, I'm sure you've mentioned or you've thought sometimes, wow, I wish my employees would care more. And what I find fascinating when you're in sales is the moment you decide to care more, it actually translates directly to increased income. And of course, the hard work is definitely rewarded because you can put in more hours, you can play the game of numbers, and you can get more results. And so you've started with not necessarily having a love relationship with sales, but you grew into loving it. What were some of the things you loved the most about it once you got good at it? Once I became really good at sales, it was actually 15 years into my career. So it took me a long time to get to where I wanted. And a lot of it had to do with the fact I never had bosses mentor me. I never had anybody say to me, you know what, you should read this book. I never surrounded myself with great salespeople. I would do the work. I would then take the work home with me. And I became a father very young as well. And I got married very young. So my priority was spending time with my daughter and my wife rather than going out in the evening and getting drunk with friends and stuff like that. So my life was very different to most salespeople at that time, especially in your 20s. So... It wasn't until, believe it or not, I was 39 years old. That makes me sound so old in sales, especially now. I work with so many younger people. But 39 years old, I got a coach and I got a mentor. And I started reading books every single month on sales and then taking action. And all of a sudden, I went from being above average to being brilliant within the year. Literally within 12 months, I became brilliant. Then I started winning president clubs. Uh, president clubs is when you take the top salespeople and you send them on an all-expenses-paid holiday with other salespeople and their partners. It's when you start getting bigger bonuses, you start getting recognition. It's when the CEO of the company actually starts talking to you. <laughs> Normally you never hear from the CEO except do more, do this, do this. But all of a sudden the CEO starts having a conversation with you and respecting you. It's like, this is amazing. And it just took me to a different level. And all that love of sales came from being mentored by somebody who was more successful than me, by having coaches working with me, by reading books from people, again, way more successful than me, and having a humble enough mindset to say, you know what, I want to learn and I want to do better. And that's something, sadly, that lacks so much more in salespeople than business owners. But at the same time, so many business owners get caught up in a small world they're in and don't realize there's so much more they can achieve if they just put their mindsets aside for a second, put their egos aside for a second and say, okay, I'm prepared to learn here and do better. 
Well, that's brilliant. And, you know, one thing I'd say is an advantage as we're here on a podcast for all you listeners, I know you're listening because you've embraced this idea that you can continuously learn, continuously grow. And as you've heard from Niraj's stories that once you start really getting curious about sales, you can become great in a relatively short amount of time. And that translates to immediate results. And so today we are excited to be learning. And I know we're talking particularly about LinkedIn. And, you know, when you started, this was not a platform that existed. It was not something you could use. How has things changed since you've seen a tool like LinkedIn become so widely adopted? LinkedIn initially was used by everybody mainly to find work. It was used as a resume platform. And a lot of people still use it for that, and that's fine. Since lockdown, since March 2020, the whole world has changed, as we all know. And telling your personal story now has become more acceptable. Talking about certain challenges you have, like mental health, it's more acceptable to do that now. It's okay now if you're a parent to say, you know what, I don't know how people do it. I am working all day and I'm taking care of the kids. This is driving me crazy. It's become a brilliant platform to become more human. And that's why I like it. Because so many people now I've connected with aren't necessarily in my sectors, but I follow their content because of how they write, because of their authenticity, and because they talk about more than just sales tips. I mean, sales tips are important, of course. Sales stories are important. But I want to know the person behind the job title. That's important to me. I don't do business with job titles. I do business with human beings. And so do most business owners. Yeah, I would say that giving us access to seeing behind whatever is our beautiful presentation, you compare to something like Instagram, it's only like a highlight reel, like a reality TV show. We're only trying to show the best sides and everybody's kind of comparing, competing. I find LinkedIn is such a different vibe. And I found that with conversations that I have with people on LinkedIn are much more fruitful and they seem to have better intention and it seems to lead to more of the results I'm looking for, whether it's increased sales or connecting with people to either bring on my platform as well. And so what are the biggest things that we should keep in mind if we are looking to generate more sales, we're looking to connect with people we don't even know on a, within our own sector, what has LinkedIn done to change that relationship and access we have with everyone? LinkedIn has become a more acceptable platform to do business on and to connect with people on. The problem is most people still don't know how to use it effectively. And my selling has certainly improved. In 2021, I made a decision, a very difficult decision, but a very important one. I'm gonna stop selling. Bearing in mind, I'm a sales coach and a sales author. I'm gonna stop selling. I'm gonna focus more on serving and helping people. And I'm a big believer Jason, in testing, and every business owner should bear this in mind, it's very important to test things out and see how they work because you don't know what you don't know. And so I thought, you know what? I'll try it for a month, see how it goes. If it doesn't work, I'll pivot or I'll stop doing it completely and go back to old-fashioned selling. So since 2021, I started lifting other people up. Whenever friends of mine had podcasts coming out, I would promote them. My friends of mine had books come out. Once a month, I buy books, mainly from people I know, but sometimes people I don't know. And I promote them saying, go buy this book. I don't say, by the way, buy my books as well. No, no, I promote their books. Saying, here's what you like about this book and here's why you should support them. And what this does is it builds incredible relationships with people. And business is relationships. Sales is relationships. If you're making 80 phone calls a day, it's slightly different. But for most people, 
sales is relationships. And it's very important to understand that. So that's what I do. In 2021, I started promoting people, promoting their podcasts, promoting their courses. And the second thing I started doing was I put all my clients first. So all the stories I would tell on LinkedIn would be about helping other people. I stopped saying I, and I started saying you. And the third thing I started doing was whenever I connect with people on LinkedIn Messenger, I don't know about you, Jason, but I get spammed all day long by business owners who are awful at doing what they do. They just talk about themselves, talk about themselves and send me the same boring messages. Hi, let's have a one-hour strategy call. If you're really a business owner, you will know that people cannot just magically find one hour for a strategy call for a complete stranger in in the middle of the day. It doesn't work like that. So it's really important to understand other people. And if you go in with a serving mentality and putting other people first and talking about them first and researching them instead of trying to sell, you'll be amazed at how many of these relationships move forward in a positive direction. A lot of times, as you mentioned, people are reaching out and they're talking about, hey, you know, I'm really good at solving this problem. I have this solution. It's very, you know, sales type of talk. Yet you're speaking about reaching out in a different way that is more serving. And I agree, even when people say like, oh, I'm about to do this for free. It's not free because you need to spend the time to research them. You need to see if what they're promoting is legitimate. So it still puts the work on you. What would be an example of a powerful way to reach out to a potential client, a prospect, in a way that it would be more of a serving way, but would still at least open that conversation to be able to start that relationship? That's an important question. And I know that's the question of a lot of business owners because my clients are business owners and they ask me a similar question. So just say you want to do business with somebody. The first thing you do is you look at the posts they're doing on LinkedIn, make sure you read the post, and make sure you like and comment on their post. Liking is not enough. When you comment on somebody's post, you lift their post up, it gets seen more. Plus, your name gets recognized. So it's actually a win-win situation. That's why I like liking and commenting. And don't just go nice post. That's not enough. You have to have five words or more. That is what the LinkedIn algorithm likes. You'd be amazed at people who just go, cool, Awesome. Love it. I'm like, seriously, dude, make some effort. You know, I used to think LinkedIn was about being the best of the best. It's not. LinkedIn is about standing out. And I've seen so many people in the last six months, Jason, really own LinkedIn in their own niche because they really stand out. I got one of my clients, Jessie, she works in sustainability. She's got yellow hair and a Swedish accent. She's brilliant. You got Daniel Disney, the king of social selling. He's brilliant on branding. He's young. He's cool. He's dynamic. All the people I know who are doing really well are prepared to be different. Now, that does take a bit of confidence, of course, but it's very important to be different and it's very important to stand out. So like and comment on people's posts with at least five words or more. Do this on a Monday and do this on a Wednesday. And then on the Friday, reach out to the prospect with a personalized invite, not a generic one, because generic is not memorable. With a personalized invite to say, I have liked and commented in your post because of XXX. I like them. Happy to connect. Kind regards, Neeraj. That's it. And the following Monday or Tuesday, I like and comment in their posts again. And then on the Thursday, that's when I sell. So bear in mind, I've liked and commented in their posts twice. I have sent a personalized invite. I've liked and commented in their post again. 
And now, I don't start selling straight away. I wait for at least my fourth or fifth touch point. And that is where most people go wrong. They either are very British and very polite, very European, and don't sell at all, or they go all American and start selling straight away. And it's very important to find the right balance. Being a Canadian, I always try to <laughs> label myself as someone that's in between both of those methodologies. But I absolutely love it. And it's so true. When you start investing in others, and my God, what you're talking about, I don't think I've ever had anyone do that in my profile to go to those lengths. And so for anybody listening, realize that this is not something that, oh, I guess everybody's doing. Nobody's doing it with the level of care that Niraj is talking about. So the moment you do, you're going to stand out. And that's why if you've taken the time to narrow in exactly who you want to do business with, just following this step here, if someone just adds a note in their connection request, I already am like, wow, they've finally made an effort. And most of them do send a generic message, but that's already better than 90%. Just putting the generic message. When you go above and beyond here, you're going to be the cream of the crop. You're going to stand out. And I think that's one of the biggest things we're trying to get today is attention. And here is just a very clear, easy way that you can do that with people that are receptive to the pitch of the sell of the product that because they're on LinkedIn, like this is the professional platform to do it. And so when you actually go and do these kinds of effort on LinkedIn, you see that the results are going to be much better. Now, I love this in a way for prospecting, for identifying leads and for reaching out, but there's a lot of tools. There's a lot of functions on LinkedIn. I feel a little overwhelmed and I feel a little hesitant to use that many features. And I know you talk a lot also about how to use content, how to distribute content. You talked about sharing other people's posts as well. So what are some of the 80-20s that we should be paying attention to if we are using LinkedIn, not in the case of prospecting, but really as a social media content platform or distribution platform? A lot of people get obsessed about new things. What should I be buying? What should I be investing in? Should I get LinkedIn Sales Navigator? Should I get LinkedIn Premium? Should I use this extension? Should I use this software? And I always say to people, the most important thing is to get the basics right. Most people don't focus on the basics. They always want the one solution. The most common questions I get asked is, how do I build a big following like you, Neeraj? Or what's the one thing I should do? And I always say it's never one thing. If you ask somebody to be successful, you wouldn't just say work really hard. That's not good enough. You have to work hard. You have to be giving. You've got to take care of your mental health. You've got to take care of your physical health. There are so many things that require you to become successful in life. Not one thing. Same with LinkedIn. It's not just one thing. So please don't ask me for what's the one thing I should do. There are several things you should be doing. In terms of the 80-20 with content, again, I'm a big believer in testing. I used to only do business content and that was okay. It did all right, but it wasn't hugely successful. And then when I started doing my first personal posts, that made a big difference. And all of a sudden I started to pick up a bigger following. And the reason I started doing personal posts was in 2019, I went through a very painful divorce after 21 years of marriage. Mentally, it was unbearable. Financially, it was excruciating. And I spent my first Christmas alone. And that really messed me up quite badly. And on New Year's Day, I did a cry for help, which I was very nervous about doing because I didn't want it to come across as being weak. People often think vulnerability is weak. It's not. Vulnerability takes tremendous courage and strength. But a lot of people don't realize that. And I talked about spending Christmas alone 
and how it absolutely destroyed me. But what I did was quite smart. After that, I hired Billy Schwer, who's a former world boxing champion, British world boxing champion. And I hired him for some mindset coaching and he really helped me. And I talked about when you're in pain, it's important to acknowledge it, but it's very important to reach out to people who can help. This is the importance of coaching. And in all fairness, this post was my first ever big post. It's my first ever personal post on such a big level as well. I learned a lot from that. I learned a lot about vulnerability is not weakness. Vulnerability is a superpower. I learned that by giving Billy a shout out, people started connecting with him and wanting to know more about his services. I thought, ah, I'm onto something here. And then a month later, my daughter went to Australia. She was at university. She was the only family I had left in England. And she went to Australia on a five-month exchange program to Melbourne, to Monash University. So all of a sudden, the only family I had left was gone. So I had a picture of me and her at the airport saying, I can't believe my daughter's gone. She's all I have left in England. And it's going to be very difficult for me. But here's three things she taught me about sales. And that post, again, went really big. And I wasn't expecting it to. It was just me writing about what's going on in my personal life. And I started to realize the importance of personal posts and what a difference they make. Because when you do a personal post, Jason, you build your brand, you build your credibility, you increase your following. But then something else happens. It doesn't happen all the time, but it happens now and again that you don't expect. Everybody has people who are thinking of doing business with them. But for a variety of reasons, they haven't said yes to them yet. There's a whole variety of reasons. Usually they don't know you well enough or trust you well enough or they're thinking of other people or quite often they're just busy <laughs> doing their everyday jobs. All of a sudden, one or two people who'd been following me for months and thinking of doing business with me contacted me on LinkedIn saying, I love that post about spending a Christmas alone. That took courage. And that post about your daughter, wow. You know, I'd like to have a chat with you next week about sales coaching. I've been following your content for a while. Are you free for a chat? And then we'd have a chat on Zoom. And then I'd do the follow-up presentation and a follow-up call and then win the business. It's quite rare somebody just calls you and goes, I want to hire you straight away. I'm still waiting for those calls, but they don't actually happen. Normally, there's a process you have to go through, which is a bit much slower than people realize. And that was a big differentiator for me. And anytime something works effectively for me, Jason, I start speaking to my clients who are business owners about implementing the strategy. And once it starts working for them, then I talk about it on LinkedIn on a bigger level because I feel I've earned the right to. That's some really powerful stuff. And we often hear about the power of vulnerability. We talk about making it less generic in the way that you speak, but actually doing it, you can go like, yeah, okay, I get it. But while you were sharing those stories, I was just thinking like, wow, are there things I would share? There are some securities that I have. In my case, I know I just launched my book and I have these insecurities that's like, oh my God, like I just write a book, like do I need to live up to this all the time? And all these kinds of, and I was like, would I be ready to talk about that? That seems scary, but I'm glad you're giving me that reassurance that perhaps that's exactly what I need to talk about. And not only because it brings results, but it feels right, doesn't it? It does, but I also talked earlier about being different. 99% of people who release a book on LinkedIn, they do a post on LinkedIn and a post on Facebook saying, hey, buy my book. And that's it. You rarely hear from them again. But the really successful people, I did this in my first book. I spent a long time talking about it on LinkedIn. Actually, in all fairness, too long. I wanted to sell 5,000 copies. That was my goal. But what I didn't realize was you can't really make a living as an author, not unless you sell like 100,000 copies or more. 
But of course, when you're naive and you're doing something for the first time, you don't think of these things. <laughs> you get caught up in the moment sometimes. So I was obsessed about selling book, my book, my book. And it sold a lot of copies because I would tell stories about the book. I would talk about the challenges of writing the book. I would do a post saying, I've been rejected by 32 agents by every publisher who didn't get this book. They just didn't understand why a sales book should be written. And here it is in the charts, my book next to Richard Branson, Losing Virginity. Here's my book next to Warren Buffett. Here's my book next to Duncan Bannatyne. Here's my book next to Simon Sinek. I took these pictures on Amazon, I put them on LinkedIn and Facebook, and I kept promoting it and promoting it and promoting it. That is what most authors don't do. They give up far too quickly and then they complain. And most authors I know who release books do not sell more than 100 copies. And if you're going to spend a year of your life writing a book, because it does take a year, because most people I know aren't lucky enough to write a book full time. Oh, two years. There you go. <laughs> Sorry, for those who don't see the video, I, as he's saying this, I'm just showing my two fingers. I'm like, it took me two years. <laughs> two years. Because most of us aren't in a position we can just simply write a book full time. Most of us have either jobs or businesses. If you have a business, it'll take even longer writing a book because running a business is exhausting and demands a lot of your time. So don't do what most people do. Stand out. Tell stories about the book. Talk about your journey. Take pictures of it in the Amazon chart. Put chapters of it. Make it available. Give away copies after six months. Say, I'm going to give away 10 copies today to people who can tell me why they should get a copy of my book. You know, it's about being different and standing out. 99% of people don't do that. And that's what you have to do, not just on business, but on LinkedIn as well. Yeah. And, you know, for those who are listening who are not in a position where they have a book, because for me, I'm listening to this, this is gold. And if you do have a book, you're probably thinking the same. But if I don't have a book, you know, there's a lot of different ways that you can stand out because you are sharing personal stories. You are maybe building your own consulting business, your own coaching business, your own small business. And it's not all sunshines and rainbows. We go through ups and downs. And I think that makes the journey juicy. And as Niraj was sharing, when you get vulnerable and you share that, a lot of people are going to connect with you and I think you're going to be able to attract more people. I hear this, Niraj, and I feel inspired about using LinkedIn more because there's a part of me that felt like, oh, every time I write for LinkedIn, I feel like this corporate dry person that's sharing like, even I read what I've written and I'm like, ugh, this is so corporate-y, like a brochure that nobody was going to pay attention to. And I realized no, we're not talking corporate to corporate. That doesn't connect. It's human to human. And I think LinkedIn is providing that platform. And if you are doing that, you are standing out and it actually makes a difference. So I'm glad that this is not the only thing to do, but it's still a very powerful way to be able to come from the heart and be able to stand out, share your message, connect with people, grow your audience, grow your reach. And in your case, you've grown a massive following. And so looking at LinkedIn, looking at people are joining the platform. I know we don't want to give a one shot solution here, but at least I'd love to talk about what are you seeing as innovations that are happening on the platform? It's utility coming forward. It's already growing. A lot more people are using it since 2020. Do you see that momentum continuing and being a platform that's going to be a major player in the future? LinkedIn's gone from 650 million users to 800 million in just over a year. That's pretty incredible growth. Okay, it's not TikTok, but it's incredible growth for a platform that's been around for about 15 years. I don't see that growth stopping. More people are setting up businesses every day, therefore more people will need LinkedIn. 
At the same time, TikTok is a big distraction. Clubhouse was a distraction to a certain extent. There's always other things that are going to come up and take away your time. And ultimately, that's what LinkedIn wants. It wants your time. It wants you to stay on the platform and engage. And I've seen personal stories take off. In the last few months, more than ever, more people are talking about personal stories, taking time off, battling with mental health, losing loved ones, talking about things that people two years ago or even a year ago just didn't talk about. And those people are increasing their following on quite a big level, and they're increasing their engagement on quite a big level. So storytelling is definitely here to stay. And personal storytelling is something everybody should try. Now, every time I do sales training classes or LinkedIn classes, either over Zoom or publicly, there's always a few people who say, you know what? My private life is my private life. I am never going to talk about my personal life on LinkedIn. That's what Facebook is for. And that's a common statement people make. And my answer to that is very simple. I'm only going to share with you tried and tested methods at work. If you don't want to use them, that is entirely up to you. But also, when I talk about sharing personal stories, I'm not talking about sharing every single scar you have. And I'm not talking about sharing all your pain. I did because I had no other outlet to do it on. When you're going through a very painful divorce and losing your mind and losing your money, you can't just afford to go into therapy. <laughs> you know That wasn't an option for me. So LinkedIn is the only platform I could vent on. But there's a lot of people who talk about stuff that aren't that deep. They can do simply things like, you know, when I started my business, I was struggling and it was very difficult. Here are the five things I did to overcome that. That's a great example of a personal story, which doesn't go too deep. On Father's Day in 2021, I saw these posts go so big. And it's simply a man with his child or children saying, this is my why. This is why I do what I do. That's it. It's so simple. And those posts had hundreds of comments and tens of thousands of views because it humanizes you as a person and it makes people feel good. My biggest post of all time. So if you imagine on LinkedIn, anything over 100,000 views is like the first stage of viral. Anything over 250,000 views is the second stage. Anything half a million or more is Oprah Winfrey, Bill Gates, Richard Branson kind of style of viral. And I had six posts in the last year go viral on LinkedIn. Six. Five of those were personal posts. Only one was a business post. So that shows you the power of LinkedIn. And my biggest post of all time was the 1st of January, 2022. And the post was after almost three years of online dating, getting stood up in restaurants, getting stood up in bars, dating women who were 20 years older than their profile pictures, dating women who turned out to be married, dating women whose partners were in prison. I mean, just discovering all the horrors of online dating. And it is a horrible process to go through, but an important process to go through. I finally found love. It was just a picture of me and Rachel on New Year's Day. That was it. It was such a simple post. 874,000 views, 6,000 likes, about 1,300 comments. People want positive stories. Don't do what the news does and just do clickbait and do negative stories and depressing stories. Do something positive. People want to be inspired. And that was actually a lovely post to write. Very proud post to write as well, having written so many tough posts about vulnerability and loneliness and the difficulty of being a single man in your late 40s. It was actually nice to write a post about true love. And that was a New Year's Day. And that was a great way to start the year as well. Well, it was a great way to start the year and a great way to 
close our episode as we talked about LinkedIn. And I just want to say thank you so much for sharing all of this. Thank you so much for coming with us and giving us these ideas because for everybody listening, the two big things that we really talked about here is understanding that on LinkedIn, if you have a serving mentality as Niraj was speaking about, it becomes a powerful tool that you can reach out to people. And if you follow the strategy, whoever you've decided and identified that you want to do business with them, see what they're posting, interact with it. And a comment of just one word is not enough. Five words or more and actually take the time to genuinely compliment whatever is coming there. Then when you reach out, make sure you come with a give mentality. And of course, it's not going to be sale on the first day. But again, you make that first connection, you make sure there's notes there, and then you go back to connect and to comment and like is a powerful straight line here that you can follow. So you can build your network and find yourself connected with more and more people. You're already doing more than 99% of the people on LinkedIn if you just do that. And then we spoke a lot about this content where if you actually inject some of your personal vulnerability, you're going to see that you're going to be able to build a much better following and it's going to be feeling so much more fun for you to comment and to be able to contribute content on LinkedIn's platform. I do see its potential. I do see every one of the clients that I work with going onto LinkedIn and realizing that you're so much closer to everybody that you actually want to do business with when you're on this platform. So I do encourage everybody to take what you've learned on this training to start applying it. And of course, you're going to want to go and follow Niraj on the platform. He has tons of amazing content. This is how I discovered him was on LinkedIn as well. And I'd encourage everybody in the show notes, you'll see a link to his profile and some additional resources that he has for anybody who wants to go deeper into sales training and LinkedIn training with Niraj. Niraj, once again, thank you so much for coming on the show. And I'll ask you one final question, which is one I like to ask on the show, which is what does selling with love mean to you? Selling with love means putting the other person first and wanting the other person to win. I love that. It's efficient and it's so true. And I approve. Niraj, once again, thank you so much for coming on the show. And all you listeners, keep going out there and don't forget to sell with love. I am your host, Jason Mark Campbell, and this is the Selling with Love podcast.